0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, a.k.a. The Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's T20 Blast wrap-up show is none other than the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matt Wiley. So, Matt, first things first, mate. Wonderful to have you back on the podcast. The sun is shining. The weather is absolutely glorious here in the United Kingdom. I've got to ask, mate, how your they been so far?
1: Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Um, like you said, lovely weather. Um, plenty more of it to come, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, it's been really good. Um, what, what have we had about a week and a half of uh, very, very solid 220 blast action. So, yeah, no, it's been really good. And, uh, and of course, as well, we've got the Champions League final now and the Ashes in just uh, under a week. So, it's all it's all happening, but it's all good.
0: It's brilliant, isn't it, this time of year for sports fans, in particular if you love your football and your crickets. Obviously, you mentioned the Champions League final, Man City versus Inter Milan, and then we've got the Ashes, two Ashes this year as well, in both the men's and the women's. Fingers crossed England can get the double done. That would be absolutely superb. We'll have to wait and see. It's going to be tough against two very good quality Australian teams, but I, I back England to win it this year. I, I really do. I-, I think we could win both, but... Again, only time will tell. We'll have to wait and see what unfolds over the course of the coming weeks and months. But we're not here to discuss the Ashes. We probably will at some point over the course this summer, seeing as it is the the cricketing elephant in the room. But instead, today, we are here for our second T20 Blast show of the 2023 season. And to be honest, the, the T20 Blast always delivers, but the past seven days of action have just been absolutely unbelievable, as we shall discuss. And to be honest, Matt, I just want to get straight into the analysis, to be completely honest, because we've got so much to discuss, touch upon and talk about. So let's just kick things off with our North Group Team of the Weekends. Matt, I can see a massive grin on your face. I can't imagine why. Um, I'm not sure if your county has been doing too well in the T20 blast. I've not been keeping too much up to tabs with the North Group this week. Obviously, that is... Massively over exaggerated. Your team's been doing incredibly well, Matt. So I'm going to guess for your team of the week, have you gone with your beloved Lancashire Lightning?
1: Sorry, my microphone must have been cut out there because of uh, the amount of terrible language that was coming out. Yes, no, of course I've gone with the light side of the Pennines. Um, who is who our Lancashire. They they got they got they turned up to Headingley, got beaten and you know, it was a very, very good evening, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it'd be it, it brilliant. Um, four wins out of four, Yorkshire. I, honestly, I, can't, I don't really know what else to say. I think the big thing is the fact that it's come out of nowhere. Um, you know, we're winless for six months, something like that. I mean, you know, all, all through the winter, I don't think that can count. But you know, from from August, no wins at all. Um, relegated back in September, and then just suddenly, we've gone from forgetting how to win to forgetting how to lose. Um, you know, not Nottinghamshire at the back at Trent Bridge at the back end of May, that was an incredibly difficult place to go and win and then since then in this week in particular, like I said, Lancashire at Headingley, it's always uh, it's always lovely to score a win over that bunch, especially how Livingston, Butler, Croft, two Kiwis in the overseas department, Luke Wood, who to be fair had a terrible evening, which is quite unlike him. Um but it was just yeah, that was, a, that was an unbelievable evening. And then since then, like I said, we've forgotten, we've forgotten how to lose. with the form team in the group, so all I can say is long may it continue.
0: <laughs> Again, Matt, you don't make it obvious as to who you're supporting in, uh, sorry in, in county that. cricket.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just a thing. Uh, it is very much a thing where you just wear your hat on your sleeve, you know, your other rather, the white rose on your sleeve. That is very true.
0: I mean, I'm the exact same with the Bears, to be honest. I mean, I, I can't really talk, but no, it has been an excellent week for Yorkshire. Five wins in a row now in the T20 Blast, and you mentioned that winless streak. The, the 21st of August 2022, prior to that victory over the Nottingham Outlaws at Trent Bridge, was the last time that Yorkshire had won a game in any format. This was an immense losing streak, in particular for a county of that size, that history, that pedigree. So for the Vikings to not just snap that streak but to all of a sudden build that up build some momentum in this year's north group in what is a tremendously chaotic and competitive group at that it's huge isn't it for Yorkshire and to be honest they've gone from being towards the bottom end of the table all of a sudden you look at their remaining fixtures they could be in the top 2 to be completely honest so if you're a Yorkshire fan it's been a phenomenal week and We'll probably discuss some of the performances as the podcast continues. But I must say, Matt, Yorkshire are up there for me, but I've got Yorkshire for a different category. So I'll give my two cents on the Vikings in due course. But for my team of the week, I've gone with the Nottinghamshire Outlaws because aside from that performance against the Vikings at Trent Bridge, they've just been unstoppable, haven't they? Let's be completely honest. I I do kind of owe Nottinghamshire a little bit of an apology because in the preview show... I didn't even think they'd qualify for the top four. I thought that North Ants would pick them to the post. But yeah, they've they've got that T20 pedigree. They've got Tom Moores in pretty good form. They've got Alex Hales in great form. Colin Monroe in fantastic form. Destroyed the Bears at Baston with a T20 batting masterclass. Joe Clark's been prolific up top. And then Shaheen Shah Afridi, after a, a somewhat sedate start by his incredibly high standards, now has taken 13 wickets. And he's been an absolutely pivotal weapon in the Outlaws' bowling attack. So, again, from nowhere, they had a somewhat stop-start beginning to the Vitality Blast. But again, the Outlaws look very strong, don't they, Matt?
1: They do, yeah. And like you said, you know, it's it's their batting power, isn't it? They, you, the 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 thing is that you've always had with Nottinghamshire is that you know, for one reason or another, they've always kind of had that consistency of, of that lineup. Which I think, in many ways, you'd be hard pushed to argue against it being an international quality lineup, wouldn't you? You know, there's people like Alex Hales in there. Um, maybe not Sandro Patel anymore, to be fair, but he ha- he has paid for his country, obviously. But they're not now. They- they're solid domestic players, and there's no risk of them being called up for England, which is massive. You know, if for example, I mean, take Lancashire and take Yorkshire. If Lancashire, I mean, to be fair, Lancashire now. Because of the way the international schedule is fallen they will have josh butler for the remainder of the black which is massive if you also had you know people like joe roo johnny bestow harry brook playing every week it would just be i suppose you could make a negative argument that it would slightly affect the competitive balance of the whole group but it would just it's just huge in that consistency and then that scene again with shahina Afridi who absolutely is among the best bowlers if not the best 220 bowler in the world and he's because Pakistan don't have any fixtures, he's going to be there for the whole tournament. And it's just that consistency and that knowledge and that comfort of knowing that you're going to have everyone available is, is just huge. Uh, the, the big reason for me is why I went for apart from the fact that, yeah, I do support them. But the reason I went for you is because it's more expected from Nottingham. For that. They're, they're just the T20. Maybe they're know, you know, the teams that have won more cups than them. But just over the last few years, they've just been the T20 Kings, haven't they? It's, just, it's more. Their standards, but uh, no, they have been in incredible form as well. You're right, and, uh, top of the group they go.
0: And to be honest, they deserve it as well. I must say, their performance against the Bears, I was commentating on that at Edge Baston, it was a scarily good batting display. It really was. Colin Monroe, in particular, all of a sudden has just lit up the competition. And if you look at the stats, we do talk about the, the powerhouse nature of the Outlaws batting lineup. You've got Colin Monroe 295 runs, Alex Hales 293 runs. Joe Clark on 283, and then you've got really valuable contributions from the likes of Tom Morse, who's averaging 37, having scored 185 runs. And Matt Montgomery, 172 runs over the course of his nine innings as well. So you look from one to seven, and that's not even mentioning the likes of Stephen Mullaney and Samit Patel, who can easily finish off an innings, and all of a sudden, not yet again, do look very, very strong in this year's competition. So you do mention the history of the Outlaws in the competition, Matt, champions in 2017 and 2020. Could 2023 be third time lucky for the East Midlands County? Only time will tell. But aside from our teams of the week then, which in this case were Yorkshire and Knots, Matt, let's go to the player of the week in the North group. And we did speak a little bit before the, the podcast started, but I'm interested to know who your selection is. Who have you gone with as your North group player of the week?
1: I'm just carrying on the shameful bias, to be honest, mate. I've gone for Jordan Thompson. Um, Brilliant couple of bowling performances. Um, Yeah, two forfers on a hat-trick twice. And just think, I've I've got to be honest, I wasn't massively sold on Jordan Thompson when he first broke into the team. Um, What was it, two or three years ago? I thought he was a little bit, I'll be honest, with the bat a little bit pedestrian, maybe not quite up to this level, but I have been happily proven completely wrong. Um, he's explosive with batting. And he's the death bowler that we absolutely desperate for. And, yeah, he, he can do it all. And I will be honest, I mean, I'd be surprised. Well, I wouldn't. I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, potentially a little international call-up at some point, if he carries on this sort of form, because he is really, really good.
0: He certainly is, Matt, and <laughs> I did put this up on the Instagram, but for some reason, whenever the Sky Sports cameras are in town, he just turns into the, the re-embodiment of, of Jacques Callis, doesn't he? Whether it's with the bat in hand or the ball in hand, you think back to the Heroics in last year's quarterfinal with that final over against Surrey. And then the Pfeiffer on Sky as well. I mean, Jordan Thompson, great, great cricketer. And again, we, we speak about these excellent uncapped cricketers that we've got in the county circuit at the moment. Jordan Thompson... 100% fits that bill. So I think that's a great shout, Matt. And just continuing that, that theme of uncapped cricketers. Yeah, I think you can understand who, who my shout is for this week. It is, of course, the one, the only, Sam Hain, who yet again, and we say this year in, year out, has been dominating proceedings for the Bears of Birmingham. So got off to a pretty good start, to say the least. But he's really caught fire in the last week or so. So he scored 48 not outs at Wantage Road against Northampton. Yes, he did have a little bit of a blip, scoring that two from three balls against Derbyshire. But since then, 97 not out against Notts, 79 not out against Derbyshire, 35 against Northampton on a pitch which was really difficult in a very low-scoring game. He marshaled that innings to perfection. And he's currently the second leading run scorer in this year's T20 Blast. So... It was always going to be my choice. Sam Hayne has been in unbelievable form yet again. And even though it's been a pretty rough week for the Bears, as many people will know, lost three games in a row, luckily brought that unwanted streak to an end against the Northamptonshire Steelbacks last night at Edgebaston. He really has shone out like an absolute beacon. And to be completely honest, you look at Haney's 2023 so far, second leading run scorer in the T20 Blast. You look at his Division 1 outputs as well for the Bears. He's currently the fifth leading run scorer in the first division of the county championship. The, The way in which he's transcending formats, being ever so reliable, changing up his style, his approach, the adaptability of this man's game. I say it all the time. I've been banging on about it for about five or six years now. How he has not made the England team still baffles me. And to be completely honest, yes, we're probably not going to see him in the ashes. We might not see him for the World Cup. But England have got a tour of the Caribbean this winter. And if Samuel Robert Hayne's name is not in there, I don't know what more he can do. He is literally dominating. And the other thing which has always been used against Sam, in particular in T20 cricket, is strike rates. He's not, he's not adaptable enough. He's not versatile enough. He can't finish off an in innings. If you look at the top five run scorers in the T20 blast so far, Sam Hayne has the highest strike rate. 168.14, he's hit 36 fours, 13 sixes, which is absolutely staggering. This man deserves a shot in the England and Wales cricket team, and that is all there is to it. I say that to Luke Wright, Rob Key, anybody involved in England selection, this is the year. 2023 is the year that Sam Hain makes it into the England and Wales cricket team. I'm telling you right now, I'm putting it out there on the podcast, I'll be absolutely bamboozled if that man is not wearing the three lions in a few months' time. So that's my Player of the Week, Matt. Um, As you might be able to tell, I've been holding that one in for quite a while. Um, the Sam Hayne monologues are definitely not going anywhere on the Counter Cricket podcast, but he's just a sensational player. He really is, and long may this excellent form continue. So in terms of our Players of the Week then, Sam Hain from the Bears, Jordan Thompson from Yorkshire. Two excellent shouts, if you were to ask me myself. But, Matt, aside from the players of the week then, let's go on to our under-25 players. And I'll actually start first with this category, because I had the pleasure of witnessing this guy in action yesterday. I've gone with Freddie Heldrich of Northamptonshire. So, last night against the Bears, career best figures of 4 for 27. I thought he bowled magnificently. I love the way in which he was changing his line, his lengths, his fields as well. He's got such an excellent critting brain for such a young leg spinner. And he's courageous. He's not, he's not scared or afraid to, to bowl it with a bit more flights and entice the batter into playing the more expansive shot. And over the course of six matches so far for the Steelbacks, he's taken 14 wickets. He's the club's leading wicket taker. And in comparison to last year, he looks so much more confident, so much more comfortable, so much more disciplined. And I tell you what, David Willey has captained him very, very nicely. He's allowed him to go in with these big matchups, these big battles. So, for example, last night, bowling him against Sam Hain, bowling him against Glenn Maxwell, guys like that. For me, Freddie Heldrich is my North group under-25 player of the week. I've been incredibly impressed. I think he's got a massive ceiling. And if you're a Northampton fan, remember this guy's name. I think he's going to take taking many, many more wickets for many, many more years to come for the steelbacks of Northamptonshire County Cricket Club. So, Matt, I've gone with Heldrich. Who've you selected as your under twenty five player in the North Group this week?
1: Yeah, I agree with Heldrich being up there. Um, I'd like a honorable mention from my point of view, definitely. Um, but now I'm, uh, I'm afraid that uh, there's even more bias coming. Um, yeah, no, James Watton. Um, just, just, just. I think the thing was—I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm probably going to get onto it a little bit more in, in a second. But it, it, the fact that it just came out of nowhere, like I think, to be honest, that we've been a short, I think, you know, I'd, to be honest, the, it's just that, it, it's just that spot, that number three spot. Personally, I would have Shammasud in the number three spot, on on paper, ideally, and she's obviously before yesterday, but I'd have Shammasud in the number three spot, and then I'd love to see more of a, maybe, maybe even bring in another all-rounder or another, just, just a bit more, I think the balance of the side could slightly change a little bit. But, after yesterday, there's, no competition, is there? There's absolutely no debate whatsoever. James Watson just came out, slammed a massive 100, and he's made it his own. And to be honest, that should probably guarantee his spot, certainly for the rest of the group stage. Um, and I think, to be honest, he's, he's not been picked up in the 100, has he? So he could easily have a brilliant one-day cup as well to, to come later in the summer. That's all wishful thinking, I'm sure, of course. But who knows? It, yeah, it, it was just... I know it's... It's difficult to base it off just one performance, but I think when one performance is as good as that, you can't overlook it, can you? It was just incredible, and... That's all I have to say on the matter. It was brilliant.
0: It certainly was, Matt. It really was. And the way in which he brought it up, the audacity to bring it up with a scoop shot. That's just the modern game, isn't it? How on earth are you supposed to combat that as a bowler? It was ludicrously good from James Wharton, 111 not out. proper century from around about 50 deliveries as well, striking at 200. So again, you look at Yorkshire prospects, James Wharton from Huddersfield, definitely someone to watch out for in the future. And then someone else who hasn't made our under-25 player of the week, but he definitely deserves a mention. Again, we speak about James Wharton's century, Rishi Patel. 2023, he's been outstanding in the championship. And to be honest, when I got home from Edgebaston last night, And I saw 104 runs to Rishi Patel's name. I was absolutely buzzing. He's such a nice bloke. He's an excellent cricketer. He's got all the power, the panache, the precision that you need in T20 cricket. And that was a special 100 against Durham last night. So shout out to Rishi Patel as well. I thought he batted absolutely gloriously last night and thoroughly deserved his maiden T20 century. So again, we've seen a lot of young talent come to the forefront in the North group this week. And again, Isn't that a great, great thing to see as fans of county cricket? We're witnessing this young talent come to the forefront, produce these miraculous performances. So yeah, to the likes of Freddie Heldrich, James Wharton, and Rishi Patel, massive shout-outs, guys, and fingers crossed for fans of those respective counties. They can produce and replicate this good form heading into the rest of this year's T20 Blast. But Matt, aside from our first three categories then, which have been the team of the week, the player of the week, and under-25 player, let's go to our fourth and final category in the North group this week, which is the surprise package. Now, I've already kind of ruined mine. I think the surprise has gone because I chose Yorkshire, purely because they had not won a game since the 21st of August 2022, and now they've won five games in a row. And to be honest, they thoroughly deserved it. And one thing which I've noticed about Yorkshire, and Matt, you'll probably be able to echo this sentiment, but the ground fielding of that Vikings team is exceptional, isn't it? They're like a pack of wolves in the field. It's brilliant to see the energy with which they attack the ball. They don't allow the quick ones and twos. So I think that's become a real characteristic of Otis Gibson's team. So for me, I've gone with the Yorkshire Vikings. They've massively impressed me. They deserve those five wins. And again, from absolutely nowhere, they're suddenly probably favourites for for the quarterfinals, given the, the games remaining in their schedule. So I've gone with Yorkshire. Matt's. who have you gone with as your surprise package?
1: Yeah, I've gone for Yorkshire as well, mate. It's just, I suppose, when you talk about a team being Team of the Week and surprise package, it kind of, it's very juxtaposition in a way, isn't it? But it just shows how it's come from nowhere. Um, I think as well, the really important thing to note about the Blast is we keep saying, don't we, that nobody's ever defended it. Nobody's ever won it twice in a row. And that shows how important form is within T20 and how if you just get on a run you not only start to, you know, your confidence build and that's the same across all sports, you know you, you get on this run and you're more willing to take risks and your confidence goes up and as a result of that, you know this winning mentality grows and grows but like you said about the ground field and things like just this within the group, clearly the, I think the belief was always there, it was just The results weren't quite following, but as soon as one result went, obviously, which was a massive result at Trembley, that's it. you're You're just on that run, and that is what is so massive. And yeah, like you said, you know, T20, I think anyone can beat anyone in T20. They really can, and especially in England, where we have such a competitive domestic competition. But... With the, with the fixtures that we have left, then yeah, why not? Let's really believe that it's still. We're just we're not even at halfway in the season yet, we. We've still got you know a massive chunk of county championship games to come. We've got a whole one day cup to come. Let's believe and let's use this now as a springboard for the rest of the for the rest of the blast. Let's go and get our first championship win of the season, and let's carry on from there because that for me should be a real turning point, and I think it has been so far.
0: To be honest, Matt, I'd completely echo that. And again, that is going to be crucial, isn't it, for Yorkshire? Because there is now the championship break. Even though it is for a week, will it disrupt the momentum? We'll have to wait and see. If they do win that game, though, all of a sudden, you're on a roll. And they could easily qualify for the knockouts of the T20 Blast, which would be massive, actually. Because you think about that, two years in a row, for a team which historically hasn't done amazingly in T20 cricket, that really would be a massive turning point for Yorkshire County Cricket Club, but talking a turn, actually, in, I suppose, a cricketing sense this time, just one final surprise package, but this is a pleasant surprise, actually. I'm not surprised that the guy's doing well, but I've been surprised with just how many wickets he's taken. Nathan Souter of Durham, the leading wicket-taker in the T20 Blast so far with 17 wickets, and the where which he bowled against North Ants and Notts, so figures of 4 for 14 and 4 for 29 against those two counties. Again, that's been phenomenal to see. Nathan Souter, when he was at Middlesex, was one of the most underrated spinners in the South group. He'd always produced the goods for Middlesex in a team which, historically, again, was struggling in T20 cricket. But to see him back to his best in a Durham shirt, taking bucket loads of wickets, is just fantastic to see. So even though we have both selected Yorkshire as our surprise package, shout out as well to Nathan Souter. And fingers crossed for Durham fans, he can continue that excellent form heading into the rest of this year's competition. But aside then from our North Group discussion, Matt, let's have a look at how the table is shaping up at the end of this second week. So at the top of the North Group table, on 12 points, are Nottinghamshire Outlaws. In second, are the Birmingham Bears on 10 points. In third, also on 10 points, but with a slightly inferior net run rate, are the Yorkshire Vikings. In 4th are the Worcestershire Rapids, with a game in hand, on 8 points. In 5th and 6th place are Durham and Lancashire, both on 8 points apiece. In 7th are the Derbyshire Falcons, on 6 points. In 8th are the Northamptonshire Steelbacks, also on 6 points. And in ninth and bottom place in the North group are the Leicestershire Foxes, on 4 points. So, the North group has just been chaos, to be completely honest. We have mentioned the likes of Nottinghamshire and Yorkshire potentially being the top two favourites, but literally anything can happen. That is North Group Heritage with a capital H. So we'll have to wait and see, to be honest, what will happen in what is always a chaotic group of T20 teams. But yeah, it's been brilliant. It it really has been compelling viewing. Not to sound too much like the meme, but it has just been absolute cinema, hasn't it? Martin Scorsese would be proud of this North Group action so far. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens, how everything unfolds. But yeah, these two first weeks have been absolutely unbelievable in the north of England. But Matt, aside from our discussion about the north group and the absolute chaos which has entailed in the north over the course of these past couple of weeks, let's turn our attention to the south group. And right off the bats, who have you chosen as your south group team of the week? Because looking at the table, there's quite a few that we could choose from.
1: There are, mate, yeah. And, you know, if you look at the table, then there's probably only one team really in it, isn't there? But in honour of something that, you know, that's, something that's happened to me recently, I've actually gone for Essex as the form team. Um, four, four wins as well. They've they played six games. Obviously, they had a later start to the black campaign because of their tour match against Ireland that they played at Champs. But they've played six games in the last eight, nine, ten days. One four of them, you know, it's that, that that's no mean feat. You. When you're playing so often and so regularly, you've got to uh, dig deep and your squad has got to be up to that challenge. And I think, yeah, they've had some very good individual performers and, you know, they don't have one of the biggest budgets, do they? They're not a test hosting ground. They're not, you know, a Surrey or a Hampshire that can just go out and sign some of the best players in the world or the best players across the county circuit. But, You know, they've developed some young players and they've brought some players through and they've, you know, they've they've been there and thereabouts regularly. they won it only four years ago in the blast. And I think, yeah, they've done quite well over the last week. Um, Didn't have a brilliant start, but like Yorkshire, you know, just they've picked up and now they're in the the hunt for qualification.
0: To be honest, this is completely unscripted, folks, but I've also gone with Essex. I thought you'd have gone with Somerset. I thought Somerset was right there for the take in their top of the South group. I chose Essex because of of Harmer and Critchley, to be completely honest. Those two have taken 24 wickets between themselves. But uh, again, I did mention Somerset on the first show. So that's why I've chosen Essex this week. But I suppose we're in agreement then, Mr. Wiley. That's weird. That doesn't often happen on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right, does it?
1: (laughs) No, we've... uh... We, we used it, To be fair, the thing is, in, it's in the North Group where all the disagreements happen, isn't it? Where, where we're all rowing over Birmingham and Yorkshire and, and whatever, you know. It's all peace and happiness, isn't it, down south?
0: Yeah, that's true, I suppose. And to be honest, Essex have played some good cricket. That's why I've chosen them this week. Shout out as well to Surrey and Somerset, who have been excellent. But I mentioned those counties in the first week. I wanted to change it up a little bit for the second show. But yeah, Essex, as I mentioned, Harman Critchley, Those in particular have just been phenomenal. But you look at the young talent coming through in the South East, right? With the likes of Michael Pepper, Robin Das, right? You look at the likes of Feroz Kushi as well. Aren't they a fantastic team to watch Essex? You know, obviously at times they're a bit inconsistent and they do have some bad batting displays. So I think of a particular run chase which did happen this week, which was pretty poor against Somerset. But aside from that, they played some great cricket. And you mentioned their T20 reliability, Matt. They have been one of those consistent teams in T20 crickets. And yes, a large part of that has been Simon Harmer. And now he's got his, his partner in crime in Matt Critchley, who's also taken 12 wickets. So again, we say it every single year, it seems. But the Essex Eagles definitely are a team to watch out for. And we, we look at that word momentum. They've generated that, haven't they? They're not on the same streak as, let's say, a Surrey or a Somerset, but... They're just simmering beneath the surface. They're in the mix. They're in the hunt. And to be honest, they've got off to a very good start. Four wins in their last six games. So, yeah, the Essex Eagles, yet again in 2023, do look like a very strong team indeed. But aside from our team of the week, they're Matt, who we actually agreed upon. Again, that is weird. My brain's still coming to terms with that. Let's turn our attention to the player of the week. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this particular category, mate. Who have you selected? as your standout player from the South?
1: I think we're going to agree again here, mate. Um, I've gone for Laurie Evans, because I think he's just impossible to ignore, isn't he? he's, You know, I mean, when, you, when, when 16 off 10 is far and away your worst performance of the week, I think you're doing quite well, aren't you? Um, yeah, I mean, capped off by an absolutely brilliant ton. You'd have to say probably deserved another one, um more recently with ninety three and then just to throw another fifty two in there as well. Yeah, two hundred and sixty three. Yeah, just the thing, isn't it? Momentum applies to individual players as well as teams. Just you you, you see the ball well on one night and because the game then comes so thick and fast in 2-20, you can just keep it going. You, you find your groove, you get in it and you know, that's the result. And Laurie Evans is a season competitors and he's been all over the place he, i remember the very first time i saw him he was uh he was playing for birmingham bears at headingley about seven or eight years ago i think and i think he did quite well then i think birmingham might be you know, um but it's yeah
0: yeah to be honest Matts, i've also gone with Laurie evans surprise surprise love the fact that you mentioned his time at the bears as well i think that that we as warwickshire fans will always remember that 53 in the final of the 2014 Blast, which ultimately helped us defeat the Lancashire Lightning and and win the tournament. But in terms of his Surrey career, this really has been a a massive week, hasn't it? Let's be completely honest. And and that performance last night was just ludicrously good, wasn't it, from the Brown Caps? 258 for six against the Sussex Sharks. It's the fourth highest score in T20 Blast history. And bear in mind that the, the previous game against Glamorgan, 236 for two. So we look at Surrey as the Galacticos. They are the big team, aren't they, in the South group in terms of the big names. They've got the Curran brothers, Sonona Ryan as well, Will Jacks, who we'll mention in due course. But yeah, Laurie Evans has just had an absolutely phenomenal week for Surrey County Cricket Club. And that 118 out that he scored from 60 balls against Glamorgan is one of the best knocks that we're going to see all season. It was incredible. 12-4s, at Sapphire Gardens, which is by no means a postage stamp. It's not a tiny ground by any stretch of the imagination. It was a masterclass in T20 batting. So we are in agreement again. And again, that's a really weird feeling, to be honest, when it comes to the South group. But again, Laurie Evans just has shone like an absolute beacon for Surrey this week. And you look at Surrey as a team, and all of a sudden... They're also generating some momentum and that has been in large part due to these phenomenal performances from Laurie Evans. 52, 118 out of 93 as the Brown Caps have solidified that top two place in dominant fashion in the South Group this week. So again, shout out to Laurie. Absolutely superb. And someone else that I just wanted to mention as well, Matt. Again, he probably could come in my under 25 category, but Will Smead as well for that 94 last night massive win for Somerset, 80 runs in the side of Derby against their local rivals, Gloucestershire. I thought he was magnificent. And again, we talk about players deserving tons. He deserved one. One six away. That's all he was. But again, shout out to Will Smead, an excellent 94 nonetheless. But talking then of under 25 players, Matt, let's go on to our under 25 player of the South group this week. Who have you selected for that category?
1: Um. Okay. So can I once again reassure all listeners that we aren't in some that we aren't in the same room and that we aren't copying each other notes? Yeah, I'll pick Wolf Um I haven't. Okay, there we go, that's good. There um, we go.
0: We're back. We are back. It's, Excellent. It's a oh, nice, business as usual. It's a nice feeling, isn't it, Matt?
1: <laughs> it's a nice segue. It's a nice but you basically kind of just summed up my entire point there. Yeah, that is purely why I picked Wolf I mean, it wasn't a surprise to see him do what he did, like you said, one six away from a turn he deserved it. Um and we know what he can do. He's I, I I respect the whole thing about him just pursuing the white ball, um, because he knows that's his strength and he's decided to go for it. And I think at this point in your career you are really just deciding what your strength is. And I don't think, you know, if he was fifteen years older, maybe he could cop a little bit of criticism for sort of following the money or that kind of all that sort of Vitriol that some of these older T20 journeymen might get. But I do genuinely believe he's just figuring out his place in the game, really. And he's decided that that's where his strengths lie, and that's how he feels he can make the most of his cookie career as as a professional in terms of what he wants to achieve in the game. So I do really respect it. And, you know, focus on your strengths, and this is the result, isn't it? You know, 94 in. One of Somerset's most important games in the group stage, it's the one that their fans all want to see them win. It's uh, it's always nice to put in a big performance, isn't it, against rivals like that. And yeah, it's it's his maturity, isn't it? It's his like I said there, his decision to make his pursue the white ball and to to yeah, just focus on his strength and this is the result.
0: Well it is, Matt, and to be honest, Will Smead is an excellent white ball specialist. He really is one of the strongest players on the leg side, I think, there is in English cricket. I still think he does need to work on his offside game. That is just one area of weakness that I do see with his batting. It's something that I mentioned before, but then again, if you bowl anything straight, or anything down on the pads, it's going for four or six. Forget ones and twos. He's so destructive, he just demolishes the cricket ball, so I think it's a great shout, and Will Smead was my honourable mention. That is why I did wax lyrical about him there, but I've actually gone with Will Jacks. And Will Jacks hasn't had as electrifying of a start to the blast in comparison to the start that we saw him have in 2022. He scored 243 runs, an average of 34.71. But you look at the strike rate, 151.87. I think the other key thing about Will Jacks is the bowling. 10 wickets as well. 10 wickets with a 7.85 economy rate. And look at one bowling performance in particular, the 3 for 28 Against Kent, that was match defining, right? Let alone the fact that he scored 30 in that game as well with the bat in hand. That 3 for 28 set up that game for Surrey to win. So, in my opinion, I, I just think Will Jacks had to be the under 25 player of the week because even though he's not scored the centuries like Laurie Evans, he hasn't gone out there and, you know, hit a quick fire 90 from 40 balls, which is what we're used to seeing from him. But we're seeing the other facets of his game. We know he's a great fielder. We know he's an electrifying bat, but his bowling as well has come up such a long way. I just thought that needed a mention. So again, my shout out for the week is to Will Jacks. I thought he bowled brilliantly in that game against Kent. He is batting quite well. I still think we haven't seen the best of him in this year's South Group as of yet. But again, isn't that a terrifying thing for the South Group? We've not even seen the best of Will Jacks and yet Surrey are currently second in the table as we shall discuss. So Again, two good shouts there, both Will's, Will Smead and Will Jacks, but both thoroughly deserving, I think, of special mentions on this week's episode of the podcast.
1: I'd love to give a shout out as well to Ben Green, Um, just, you know, another another Somerset player and another reason that they're so flying where they are. Um, Yeah, I've said this quite a few times on the Championship Review Series, obviously Somerset's ability to bring through young talent Um, is... very very strong and something that should be applauded and yeah Ben Green you know more of a bowling all-rounder isn't he sure but he can he don't get me wrong he definitely knows which end of a bat to hold and uh yeah just uh some very valuable contributions and helps the balance of the team as well doesn't it which is really important so yeah just to mention him as well
0: Again, another fantastic shout, Matt. And you think of his batting. I think back to last year's one-day cup, that knock against Durham. That was special. I know it was in a losing cause, but Ben Green, he really has just become a white ball. Not a white ball specialist, because he can also play red ball cricket. I think that would be unfair to call him a white ball specialist, but he's definitely prolific in both white ball formats and 16 wickets so far for Somerset, the club's leading wicket taker in this year's T20 Blast. Also has a 7.39 economy rate. Nice shout, mate. I will give you due plaudits there. Excellent, excellent shout-out for this week's podcast. But aside then from our Players of the Week, Matt, let's go on to our surprise package of the South Group this week. And continuing the theme of shouting out young talent, I've gone with Ollie Price from Gloucestershire. Because for, for quite a while, we've known about his prolific nature with the bats. He's a very handy player across formats for Gloucestershire County Cricket Club. But the reason I've selected him as the surprise package... It's the fact that he's been the golden arm for the Gloucesters in this year's T20 Blast. 10 wickets with an 8.65 economy rate over the course of his first seven matches. And I must say, he's bowling really well. You know, in terms of mixing it up with the off-spinners and the arm balls, he's just darting deliveries in, and it's paying off. You know, he has been a very, very prolific wicket-taker for the glorious Gloucesters in the tournament so far. When you add in his 46 against Middlesex, and a very useful 25 in the win over Surrey as well, for me, he is the surprise package, and that isn't because of, of lack of talent or because I'm surprised to see him doing well, but just the ball in hand. Right, before this, if you look at his averages across formats with the ball, they haven't been amazing. He's basically a part-timer, and yet almost in the same vein as, as Dan Mosley for the Bears, all of a sudden, he's become an out-and-out wicket-taking option. So shout-out to Ollie Price. Great to see another young, talented player coming through at Gloucestershire County Cricket Club, and long may it continue. So that's my surprise package, Matts. Who have you gone with as your surprise in the South Group this week?
1: So I've gone for a team. Um, I think maybe I've slightly taken the interpretation of surprise package to a little bit of a, a, a bit of a different level. But I wondered when you said about surprise package, I thought, does it have to be a good surprise? And then I thought perhaps not. So I've actually gone for Middlesex as. The kind of, I'm surprised that they are where they are. Because I think when you look at them on paper, they should be a lot better. But at the same time, when you look at how unlucky they've been, you know, like, the margins of some of those defeats, they are still winless, obviously, I should point that out, but the, the, the margins of some of those, those losses, how close they've come, you know, Thursday night, even, you know, even Steven Eskenazi nearly getting to a ton, they couldn't quite get over the line, you know. There's been little two two run losses single single figures like that and you know just slipping up and just i kind of think how have they not won yet how have they not i'm not expecting them to suddenly spin it round and win all of the remaining games and get into the quarterfinals you know that, that would be an incredible feat That would be probably even better than hampshire managed in uh in 2021 wouldn't it but i just think there's got to be something eventually somewhere and how has it not happened already so Yeah, maybe I've slightly taken a bit of a different interpretation, but uh, yeah, I guess the prize package doesn't always have to be good, does it? Yeah, so I feel for Middlesex. I like them as a team, but yeah, they've just not quite uh, been at the races, have they?
0: No, they certainly haven't, Matt. And when you look at their their performances across the the last couple of T20 Blast campaigns, it's now 12 matches in a row without a win for a club of, of Middlesex's size. I mean... I don't know how they're going to get out of this rut, because I genuinely, I thought Thursday was the day. You know, when Eskenazi, he teed that game up absolutely perfectly, and unfortunately they couldn't finish it. Don't get me wrong, it was a great last over from Tamar Mills. If you wanted anybody in that Sussex team to bowl that final over, it's Tamar, because he produces performances like that. But yeah, they have been massively underwhelming, and I, I do hope that they get at least one win. You know, purely for the sake of the fans. I know that there's been a lot of, of things said on Twitter about attendances at Lords, but you know, when the team are winless in so long, you're not going to get sellouts at Lords. It's as simple as that. You know, fans aren't going to come in their droves to watch a team which aren't succeeding. I saw this in two thousand nineteen with the Bears. The fact is towards the end of the season, we started off getting about ten thousand people in. For the final game against Yorkshire we had six thousand in. So again, it all depends. It's how sport works at some time. So We'll have to wait and see. Fingers crossed for Middlesex fans that they do get the win, but in terms of qualification, if Essex win one more game, that is it. It's as simple as that. So Middlesex basically, unofficially, the first team to be eliminated from contention in this year's T20 Blast. And talking of the table then, just to wrap up today's review show for our T20 Blast recording, looking at the South Group at the top, still at the end of the second week, a Somerset County Cricket Club on 14 points. In 2nd, on 12 points, are Surrey County Cricket Club. In 3rd are the Hampshire Hawks, the defending champions, on 10 points. In 4th, with a game in hand, are the Essex Eagles, also on 10 points. In 5th and 6th are Glamorgan and Gloucestershire, on 8 points and 6 points respectively. In 7th are Kent Spitfires, on 4 points. In 8th are the Sussex Sharks, also on 4 points, with a massively inferior net run rate. And bottom... In ninth place of the South Group are Middlesex County Cricket Club on 0 points after winning 0 of their first 8 matches. So, in comparison to the North Group, I think the South Group is a lot less open, to be completely honest. I think they'll be quite the the melee for that 4th spot, but in terms of the top 3, I think you're looking at Somerset, Surrey and Essex, to be completely honest. Whether or not Hampshire keep this up as well, I do think Hampshire are probably favourites to go through. I think we will probably see the the same top four as we did last season. But then again, there's teams like Glamorgan, Gloucestershire as well, just simmering beneath the surface. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But I think in terms of the top two, yeah, I think Somerset and Surrey are all but nailed on in the South group this year. So, Matt, that is basically it for today's episode of the Cows Cricket Podcast. Just one final thing to shout out for today's episode. If you do want to go and check us out on the cricket draft, we do, of course, have our league. All three of us are doing very well, actually. Um, As you may be able to tell by looking at the table, myself, Matt and Kieran have been doing excellently, which, again, I don't usually do that well in the cricket draft, even though I claim to know quite a bit about cricket. So that's been a pleasant surprise, to be honest. It's definitely put an extra pep in my step over the course of this year's tournament so far. But as I said, listeners, if you want to go and check that out, you can find the link to that in the podcast description below. It's completely free to join. It's all for a bit of fun. If you want something to almost act like a companion alongside this year's T20 Blast, please feel free to go and check that out at the end of the recording. But that is essentially it from us two here at the Counter Cricket Podcast for today's episode. To so each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.